With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Today discussing Justin Fields because, Sam, we talked all offseason about Justin Fields. And we finally saw him start, and it was not good for Fields, for the Chicago Bears offensive line, for anything offensively, for Matt Nagy. It was ugly. Bears lose, and Fields, uh, I don't know, man. He just didn't look ready. What were your initial thoughts on Justin Fields and his first start? Uh, It wasn't just bad. It was a catastrophe. I mean, this was the absolute worst-case scenario of what could have happened when you throw Justin Fields out there. The Chicago Bears had 47 yards of net offense. 48 yards came on one defensive pass interference penalty. Justin Fields was bad. The offensive line was bad. Matt Nagy was bad. Everything was terrible. And oh, by the way, on top of that, you have Miles Garrett out here looking like an absolute freak. Miles Garrett made two or three plays in this game where he made Justin Fields look like a marginal NFL athlete. Like one of the only things that was uh, in Justin Fields' favor, obviously, throughout this entire process to date is, well, at least the guy is like a physical Uh, freak show who's just bigger, faster, stronger than most of the people he's going up against. Miles Garrett took that and went, (laughs) no, not me, and just wrecked him. So yeah, look, this is is about as bad as it could have gone with this whole Justin Fields thing. And look, you can criticize Matt Nagy. There's plenty of blame to go towards him, but he may have been right in terms of holding Justin Fields back. Yeah, so look, uh, let's put some numbers and perspective to this. Yep. And by the way, Justin Fields may have handed Miles Garrett the Defensive Player of the Year award today with all those sacks. Uh, you mentioned the total yardage. Fields finishes 6 for 20 for 68 yards. He had six completions, and he was sacked nine times for 67 yards. So 68 passing yards, 67 lost on sacks and the way the NFL does net passing yards for the team, the sacks get deducted from the, from that total. So the bears had one net passing yard one on 29 official dropbacks <laughs> attempts plus sacks. Okay. So that's how bad it was. Now, listen, when you hear and you've been using the word evangelical for fields supporters and all that stuff, including some of our colleagues here at PFF, mm-hmm. he was a highly graded college quarterback. We liked his accuracy. You and I have talked about his negatives being holding on to the ball and probably taking too many sacks um, along the way. Um, When you hear a guy got sacked nine times, immediately people think offensive line, blame the offensive line. And I think at the top, we summed it up. Look, everybody deserves blame. The, The line was putrid. Fields also could have avoided a few of those nine sacks. And... Yeah, I don't know if Matt Nagy, I don't know if they did the best op, you know, job of, of putting him in position to succeed and rolling the pocket and all these different things. But the idea that maybe Fields wasn't ready, I think, you know, we, that bore out right in front of our eyes in this game. It really did. And look, I, Matt Nagy is going to take a lot of crap for this game plan. And I think there's definitely some blame um, to go towards him. But like 
they did roll him out a couple of times. I saw people saying that they it didn't happen once. I think uh, Dan Orlovsky was saying they didn't move him It at happened all. three or four times. Yes. Yeah, they did it from the gun. They did it from under center. Absolutely. It happened three or four times. And the thing is, every single time it happened, the Browns had a guy ready for it, trapping him in the pocket. And I suspect right. there are going to be places out there that chart three or four of those plays as, you know, inside the pocket plays when it was a design rollout and he never made it outside of the couldn't pocket. Couldn't get out. He couldn't right. get out of the pocket. Because there right. was a guy assigned to keep him trapped in there. Now, look, I don't know how many times Matt Nagy was planning on doing that. Maybe he saw what was happening with the Browns defense and said, we can't keep running these because they're they're prepared for it. They're ready for it. They're waiting. So let's go to something else. They were doing some things early in the game with read options and, and different looks in the run game. Um, to move Justin Fields around. But the bottom line is they were just getting murdered. Like, they were losing one-on-one matchups up front. The Browns were ready for any kind of movement they had. And it was just top to bottom, they were outclassed in in the game. And, you know, Justin Fields, like, the average time to throw is going to be reasonably high because he extended some plays. But if you look at just the straight dropback stuff, it's 2.4 seconds. That's fast. That's a second faster than he was averaging in preseason. Fields part of this by and large, was, you know, fast enough process-wise. Now, that doesn't mean that his actual reading of the game and, and doing uh, the, the passing part of it was fast enough. There's a couple of plays he missed where he was late. You know, he was on the move once, threw the ball to a receiver who was coming out of his break and had separation and just threw it too late. By the time the ball got there, it was broken up. So, you know, it's not That was say, on one of the rollouts, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was. That was the, yeah, on the rollout, that was the one I remember where he did get outside the pocket. He was just late with right. it. And, and, it was, he, you know, and he's got to be on the, the throw was there. there to be made. The, the receiver gained separation coming out of the break and Fields was a half second too late. And that's all it takes at the NFL level. Um, but this was the cautionary tale. Like this was why we were saying, look, this is a bad situation. Don't overestimate or underestimate how bad this situation is. And the idea that Fields is just so good, he's going to be able to step in and offset all of this bad is kind of too optimistic. So, you know, the, they were keeping him back for a reason. And I think we saw what that reason was. I want to go back through some of the specific plays and give you why I am really concerned. The one play that most concerned me. I'll do it after the break, though. Week three of football is in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And to kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving customers... $150. If you're new, $150 instantly when you bet $1 on any football game. Listen up. You don't want to miss it. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place a $1 bet on any week four game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook's not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for, up for grabs all season long with a daily fantasy contest. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One for customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Um, on the main PFF NFL podcast, I think we'll talk more from the Browns angle. I think they deserve a ton of credit defensively. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, uh, the, the speedy linebacker out of Notre Dame, was flying around the field. And when you talk about some of the sacks, there are, you know, the, the run pass option plays. Again, it's a called running play and Fields can pull it 
to throw, not to run, but pull it to throw. And the Browns were in the passing lanes on, on a couple of those, including what JOK did. Other times they weren't in the passing lanes. There was one sack that Fields took when he's coming out of play action. He had the route. This is one where everybody was to blame. The, the offensive line got whooped. JOK came in unblocked and the pass was there and Fields didn't make it. So fair enough blame everywhere. But here's the play that concerned me most, Sam. Fields had a clean pocket. And he's got a little out route to the running back out of the backfield. And he's got happy feet. I mean, it was like right at the top of his drop. And he's his footwork is atrocious and he misses the throw. It was a clean pocket miss. And this is the cautionary tale, right? This was the reason why people or maybe the Bears didn't want him out there if he starts getting fidgety in the clean pocket when he has protection. There were a few plays in the fourth quarter that would concern me going forward in terms of the impact that this has on Justin Fields. And remember, like the only reasons you don't start a rookie quarterback is A, you don't think he's capable of protecting himself in terms of setting protections and making sure he doesn't get buried. Um, and two, you think that the weight of pressure that he's going to be under is going to be damaging for his long-term ability to just play the game the way it's supposed to be played, i.e. getting happy feet and uh, reacting to phantom pressure and all those kinds of things. And I think both of those things were a concern in this game. Um, There was that play. There were a couple of other plays where he just started forcing the ball into covered receivers, you know, guys that were either blanket covered because he didn't think he had the time or didn't trust himself to be able to work through a progression and find somebody that was more open. Another one where he threw the ball that could have been picked off because he just thought, screw it. This is the best option I'm going to have right now. So I, I'd be pretty terrified from this game. Uh, the, the, the play that summed up this game for Chicago for me, though, was the RPO. He ends up hitting his left tackle in the ass with the ball on his way through <laughs> to Allen Robinson. Like, yeah. And the thing is, what, I, I'm not sure he was even wrong. <laughs> like It was the right read. It just ended up that way where his left tackle's in the way, going out to a defender trying to make a block. That's like, that just sums up this game for the Bears. Nothing was going right for them. And as ridiculous as it sounds, they may end up starting Nick Foles next week. And I don't even know if they'd be wrong to do it. Like, you, you know, I, I other- can't believe, I can't believe we've gone to that point, Sam, because you've made this point. Yes. You've, you've said it could be so disastrous that they have to pull fields. It could be so bad. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it would look this bad. I thought it'd be ugly at times but he'd have enough plays where he bailed the team out and, and showed off the playmaking ability. It, it wasn't, it wasn't there in this game. You really think Foles could be the guy next week? I, yeah. I mean, I just think, look, if they have like next week is actually not a terrible one, but they have this run of games where it's a, it's a nasty defensive front that can cause problems. If this is the level of destruction, it's going to wreak upon this offense. You can't have fields out there. Like he will, you will damage him. Forget what he does in terms of giving you the best chance to win. You will damage him long-term by playing him in this current situation. So at which point Foles becomes your sacrificial lamb. Like, Foles, what has he got to lose? He's third in the depth chart anyway. You've already lost one quarterback. Screw it. Let's throw Nick out there and see what happens. So rough outing for Justin Fields. And Sam, I have to say, even though the other rookies are having their struggles, this one reminded me of 2011 Blaine Gabbert, which was as bad as a, a quarterback season as we've ever seen. Poor Blaine uh, as a rookie. And then 2016, Jared Goff. Just a level of discomfort where just a five-yard completion felt like a huge win. So a rough start for Justin Fields, for the Bears, for the offensive line. We're blaming everybody here. No hot takes. Everybody's to blame. And uh, we'll see if Justin Fields is still the starter moving forward. It's a PFF NFL Daily. PFF NFL Daily.